<laughs> so good. What's going on, you guys? So today's episode of Lifestyle Medicine is going to be a request that came from one of my Tai Chi students, which is specifically about the lower abdominal connection and how this relates to cultivation practices, how this relates to physical movement, and what this means in the context of our lives. Because there's a, there's a connection to the lower abdomen that is really critically important in the context of Chinese medicine. And it's very relevant for the average American as well. But it's a concept, an idea that we don't typically touch upon. It's not something we actively explore. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about this today, dedicate this episode to this process and to the overarching idea that comes out of Chinese medicine and why this matters for the modern, overworked and overstressed American. So the first one is this. The reason this came up is because in the context of Tai Chi training, okay, so regardless of whether you study Tai Chi with me or with someone else or you don't at all, it doesn't really matter. This comes up in the context of Tai Chi and I'm going to use this as an analogy so you can, so the idea can be related to you so it's relevant, so it makes sense. So one of the basic ideas that I attempt to get into my Tai Chi students is this idea of what they call the lower Dantian connection. So Chinese medicine has this basic idea. We have three primary energetic centers. And it relates to our, in modern times, the equivalent of our endocrine system and basically how our body processes things differently in different centers. So we have the lower Dantian, all right, which is three finger widths below the belly button, tap dead center in the front of the body, or in the, in the center of the body. So front to back, left to right, three finger widths below the belly button, this lower Dantian is the area where we attempt to make all of our physical movement come from and the place where we attempt to keep our intention and focus if we want to have long-standing physical vitality and longevity. This area is really crit critically important for a few different reasons I'm going to talk about why. So this first idea is the lower Dantian. It's also our physical gravitational center so as long as we're not physically deformed, and these ratios give a little bit depending on structure and size, but from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, tap dead center is usually three finger widths below the belly button. So in terms of center of gravity at the physical level, this is what we're looking at. Now chimpanzees, the way they're built, interestingly, their center of gravity is actually closer to their heart. So human beings, the way we are built, tap dead center is actually right below the belly button. So this first area, okay, we want to move from this area. We want to keep our breath moving in this area. And then they have what they call the middle Dantian, which is sort of the solar plexus and heart area. And then we have what they call the upper Dantian. And this kind of, there's some wiggle room here, but the upper Dantian technically resides in the head. But sometimes you'll see in Chinese medicine that the upper Dantian is in the high chest. The middle Dantian is sort of at the diaphragm and then one at the belly. But in the end, these three Dantians, regardless of whether it's here or here, it's these three primary centers, okay? General geography saying that the upper is the head and maybe the upper chest. The diaphragm in the, you know, um, in the stomach area is kind of the second one and then the one closer to the sex organs down below. So these three primary centers, okay? It relates to something called Jing, Qi, and Shen, which you guys have heard me talk about and I'm gonna give a quick definition of here. Jing is the material essence, our physical vitality, and the fluids that replicate life, also our physical structure, the material aspect. Qi, the second one, is 
often an overly sensationalized word nowadays, but it means vital energy in a nutshell. And what it is dependent upon is the quality of the food we eat, the quality of the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the thoughts and feelings we think and feel. Those things make the vital energy that we use on a day-to-day basis, and it also has a very close relationship with our central nervous system, what we would call our bioelectric current. That's not a new age made up word. The body has electricity. There's a book, an amazing book, if you haven't read it, called The Body Electric. Phenomenal book, um, Western science perspective, but The Body Electric. Okay, we do have an electrical system. The central nervous system releases electrical impulses and our body is mostly water, which is why the human body conducts electricity well. We can be electrocuted, it can kill us. So we have that, Jing, Qi, and then we have Shen. The immaterial aspect of a person, the emotional and larger consciousness of a person that can't fully be measured, but is felt in people's presence through looking at the face and just the glow or light behind the eyes and face. This is what we would call the Shen. So this basic idea in in Tai Chi when I'm working with my students is like, look, all of the other, these processes, okay, Jing, Qi, and Shen, the largest foundational base of the pyramid, okay, if we were to think of it like a pyramid, is Jing. It's this lower, lower tier of the pyramid Second biggest is Qi, and then up above it is Shen. And so the idea is if we want longevity, we've got to tend to the physical body. And how that starts is from moving and feeling and thinking from the lower gut. So there's a couple different reasons for this. If we look at it from a Western medicine lens, the lower abdomen, okay, specifically the small intestine, houses 80% of our immune system. Our immune response is, is dependent upon what happens and the integrity and health of the small intestine. So 80% of our immune response, think about that. People are always thinking, oh, I've got to protect my, you know, I've got to like, you know, protect my orifices so I don't get sick. And it's like, true. And you better have the integrity of your small intestine, the, the lining of your small intestine, no overt digestive problems down there if you really want to have a resilient immune system. So that's one, okay? Two, 95% of our serotonin production, the feel-good hormone, is produced in the gut. 95%. So people think like feeling good is usually like a head or heart function, and technically you could argue that that's true, but also, okay, the foundational principle for you to actually feel good comes from that serotonin production, which is in the gut. So it's 80% of the immune system, 95% of serotonin production is built down there. So at the Western science level, we can kind of get this behind this idea that if we have dexterity, pliability, and activation of movement in the lower gut, okay, life is movement. So if we have movement, blood flow, and oxygen moving in this area, this organ system is going to be working better and our potential to ward off disease and sickness and to feel emotionally strong and emotionally resilient and robust is predicated on how well stuff is firing down below. So... One of the first things I get my Tai Chi students to do is like, look, at the baseline level, can you activate and flex the lower abdominal area in a real-time way? So first of all, that one, that you are aware of it, and two, that you can actually get some mode of control and circulation and blood movement down there. That is the Jing level, what we would call the material. Can you turn the switch on and off? Can you open and close your hand? So a lot of practices nowadays a lot of qigong, a lot of new age visualizations, a lot of what I would call the very fruity kind of airy-fairy aspect of these arts will be found in 
just people sitting still and visualizing for long periods of time, visualizing light in their lower abdomen, visualizing, you know, the cosmos filling up the gut. And it's, it's not to say that these things don't have their place and they can't get you into an emotional, you know, spectrum that might facilitate growth in some way. It's not to say that these things don't work, but it's also sort of like looking at a fire pit and saying, boy, me imagining a fire a fire roaring in this pit would be awesome. And I can imagine that all of the, the elves of the forest that I can't see are making this fire very big and large. And it's like the Jing level aspect of reality would say, first and foremost, get some kindling, get some wood, and get something that starts fire. <laughs> That's the Jing level. Great, then you can actually make a fire. Don't just visualize the process. Don't just think about it in your head. Can you act, do you actually have the building blocks that's gonna allow this process to take place? And so that's what this lower abdominal work, okay, activating the lower dantian is predicated on. Can you do that? And moreover, again, once you get this on, okay, like especially Chinese medicine, if you can get the lower abdominal area active, physically active, okay, so blood and oxygen are pumping down there, then what we would call these more sensitive layers to the human experience about our emotionality and how it affects our organ systems and ultimately our higher consciousness, the space we get into in meditation, in dreams and in prayer, those more refined, what I would call, you know, um, less material aspects of reality, those things are predicated on the integrity of the flesh suit. Do you have longevity and vitality? Is your body just standing up to the test of time and, and the onslaught of life? Is your physical flesh suit still intact and working well? Because if it's not, all of the cool energy, all of the cool consciousness exercises aren't going to mean shit if the body is not grounded in reality on its own two feet, dealing with the forces of gravity, first and foremost. And I would say that's the biggest thing I've seen, non-judgmentally, okay, so I'm not taking shots at anybody here, but what I've seen in like the new age scene is this kind of rhetoric and thinking is that you can just spend time visualizing and just be in this almost imagined energetic field and it's like first and foremost can you can you move your abdomen do you, are you strong there can you move that can you throw a kick and have your abdomen be behind it can you body check or 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 sidestep or balance on one leg and be connected to this lower abdominal area like, let's not get it twisted. Let's keep it grounded in real time. And that's why I really like working with martial arts, martial artists, and I've really enjoyed that field because there's kind of a no bullshit meter. It's like, you know, great. You have all this chi in your body, this bioelectric current that you're, that you're you know, philosophizing about and there's all this theory, but it's like, but can you structurally just move that person because your mechanical structure and your lower abdominal area is engaged and on point? Can that happen? It's a really good question and it gets lost nowadays with, with um, a lot of what we would call energy medicine. And some of it is bullshit and just people trying to, you know, market and, you know, cash in on something mysterious and cool. And sometimes there are people who are classically studying this stuff that really has merit. And, you know, figuring that out and finding out who's full of shit and who's not is very tricky. I mean, it's tricky for me and I'm in this field and I think trial and error and experience really is the only way to go about this. So in any case, let's get back to... The, the point at hand here, okay? And, and what we're talking about is lower abdominal activity. So one of the first things I have my Tai Chi students do, especially in the beginning stages, is let's turn the musculature on, okay? And one of the ways you can do this is take your three finger widths, okay? Three finger widths below your belly button, 
you're going to feel. So it's, you know, it, it comes out to maybe like an inch and a half or two inches below the belly button. Take your middle finger. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, I've got my two middle fingers touching together and those two middle fingers I'm going to put on that point and I'm going to push firmly into my flesh, into my abdomen. And when I push in there, it should be enough that my fingers sink like three to four inches into my flesh. Okay, so there's, I'm really penetrating. I'm not sitting on the surface. I'm pushing into the abdominal wall. Once we've done that, one of the ways that we can activate the lower abdomen is by doing this exercise where we expel the breath through the mouth quickly. So if we imagine that we have a, a mirror in front of us, okay, and we're close, and we, if we want to fog up a mirror, we go like so. We've all done this as kids, and then we draw a picture in the, you know, in the glass or the mirror. So, and the slower we do that, the more moisture we get. Now, the faster we do that, the more the abdominal area engages. And so what I tell my students is, okay, I want you to expel all the air out of your lung, making that sound, and try to fog the mirror up as quickly as possible. So it sounds something like this. And when you do that, when you expel all the air out of the lungs and you go, what happens invariably is that your lower abdominal area is activated and you will feel your fingers bounce out to some degree. Now, for people that have been doing it for a long time, like myself, I have a really strong um, tensile strength down there. Like, I, my, like my, when I do it, my, my abdominal area pops out very firm. It feels like, a, like almost like a, like a hard you know, grapefruit or tennis ball or, or golf ball being pushed out quickly. So it's very firm because I've been doing it for a number of years. But when people start, oftentimes the, the lower abdominal area won't move much or they'll get a moderate response. Some people naturally get it. Over time, you can do this muscular activation without using the sound. And that's great and that's wonderful. And you can also flex it and hold it and have a, hold a conversation, which is where I've gotten to now. And I'm not tooting my horn, you guys. It's not like a mystical, magical thing. It's just practice like anything else. Anybody can do it. And if you are you know, you have a central nervous system and you're not injured or, you know, physically deformed, anybody can learn to do this. So it's not magic. My first instructor, Chuck Duran, was the guy who really illustrated the importance of this and was saying, like, you've got to be able to use that musculature in the context of martial art training. And it's going to be really critically important in the, in the spectrum of martial arts, physical strength and vitality. Really critically important that you know how to do this. So one of the things I have my students do is take a nice deep breath and I have them practice this. And then they feel their belly pop out and they're like, oh, cool, great, wonderful. Then what I have my students do is we have these large red bamboo sticks that I bought from Pier 1 years back. They're long. They're about seven feet long or so, give or take. And I have two students stand on either end of the stick. They both put the ends into their lower abdomen, into that point and I have them walk towards each other, so the stick is pressing firmly into both of their abdomens, and then I have one person do the ha exercise, and the other person feels the bamboo stick move. And they give each other feedback, like, ah, the stick's not moving much, or it's moving quite a bit, or it's moving a little bit, or it's moving a lot. And it's a biofeedback system in real time to see if people are actually moving their abdomen. Can you flex the muscle? Before you get into all this ethereal theory, about the cosmos and stars and down, you know, downloading you know, aliens from space and getting them into your body. It's like, holy shit, time, time out. Can you just move your abdomen first? Like baby steps first. And so this gives them a very real application. Are you moving your lower abdomen? Because if you can move it and you can flex it, you can ground into it.
If you can have muscular control over this lower abdominal area, this gives you a physical cord to three-dimensional gravitational reality of your body. And that are, those are forces that we are constantly dealing with, you guys. Gravity is omnipresent all the time. The heavenly yang, as the, as the Chinese would call it, is pressing down heavily onto us all the time. We are having to deal with the forces of gravity 24-7. Right now, as you are listening to this and I'm sitting here, gravity's pushing down. So it behooves you to know how to stack your bones appropriately so gravity is not impeded, so it has a nice, clean thoroughfare through your body, and for you to know where it coalesces at the, at the 3D gravitational center place, and that is below your belly button, okay, in the center of the body. So I have my students do these exercises. Can you move your lower abdomen? Once you've done that, all right, the way I describe this is when a person turns on a light switch on or off, right? It's on and off. This ha exercise, where the lower abdomen pops out, that's turning the light switch on. It's akin to getting the pilot light lit. Is it on? Can you just turn it on and off like a caveman? You know, Ayla, eat food. Like, can you do that? Can you just get that thing to turn on once on, once off? Once they have some kind of degree where they can do this, the next piece to that is all right, let's put that same light switch on a dimmer, which means stick your fingers into your belly, that same split, that same spot, and then when you inhale, take a nice deep breath, and fog the mirror slowly. And you should feel the lower abdomen slowly pushing your fingers out. That is putting that musculature, that musculature control onto a dimmer switch where you have um, a regulated, measured control over that same musculature. Now, typically when people do this slower, it's harder. The, 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 the switch is not as easy to find because we're not used to using that abdominal control. But these two exercises, okay? Turning it on, <sighs> fogging the mirror quickly, and then doing it slowly. <sighs> and seeing if the lower abdominal area can expand while you do this. If you can do this, and you train your body to feel this, okay? That spectrum of muscular control in the lower abdomen at that central point. This is the baseline for all energetic cultivation practices, including yoga, including qigong, including martial arts. Anything that requires the physical use of your body is gonna be predicated on how strong or weak this area is. Now, a lot of people say, well, then how the hell do all of these athletes and things move so gracefully and so athletically? And I would say, because they have a natural talent and aptitude towards their gravitational center. Most athletes, most athletic people, most good martial artists, most rugby players, most tennis players, anything that's athletic and coordinated, most of the time, the top tier people naturally have a sense for this. And this is also why I encourage highly athletic people to get into the movement arts that are more refined and focus on moving things from the abdomen because they're likely gonna be very good at it. So people that I know who have a football background, who have danced a lot, who, have, who are physically coordinated, usually grip this idea better. They understand, they're like, oh, I can actually control the musculature. They have a good feel for it and they'll pick up the skill set considerably easier. Now, if you're spastic and uncoordinated, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try these things. What that means is, is like, absolutely, especially someone like you should work on this because as you get older, if you don't have the natural aptitude for coordination and balance and, you know, what we would call natural grace, if you don't have that, 
you better wire that shit in while you're young or relatively young because as you get older, the things that we are weak at naturally get weaker. We've got we've to shore up those deficiencies as best we can. And this really stresses the importance for people that are, that are not naturally athletic to really focus on this, work on this, like get that lower musculature moving. So the idea is if you can get this lower abdominal area to grip and to move and you can get it on, um, you can explore it within the context of the on-off switch, the quick on and off. And then if you can do it where the musculature is on a dimmer switch, that muscular control that you are tinkering with is going to be the same exact muscular control you use when you do anything athletic. That means if you're on an elliptical machine, you should play with this muscular grip because your body is in motion and all motion is coming out from this gravitational center. If you are dancing, you should play with this same muscular control. If you are doing martial arts, you should play with this muscular control. And in the context of what I teach, Tai Chi and Qigong, classical Chinese movement arts, these are foundational principles where the epicenter of the practice is how well can you connect to that lower abdominal area through every single gesture of the form? How connected to your center are you? And it's not just about can you flex it, it also has to do with are your joints rounded and bent? Is the spine and the torso slightly leaning forward where the hips are retracted so the, the shock and the, and the movement that we take in or give out is coming from our hips, you know, from the lower abdominal area and not from our knees and not from our elbows. So what I really like about these arts is that it, it forces principles of athleticism and coordination into the body by default from the get-go. So a lot of times when we teach these, these arts or other as aspects of athletics, people will talk about the core. The core is important in Pilates. The core is important in um, Naudi Aguilar's, you know, functional patterns. The, the core is important in football, it's, it's important in everything that we do. But we hear the core, when we hear that term in the West, we typically think, well, that means that we just have to be able to have a washboard stomach and we should be able to flex the entirety of our abdomen. And if we do that, we have a strong core. That's kind of the Western definition, but in the context of you know these older arts and in systems like uh, you know gyrotonics or functional patterns where they have um, more dynamic expressions of what happens in the lower you know core systems of our body, what they're stressing is, is that, yes, you have to have muscular control, but you've got to have a kinesthetic awareness of what's physically happening in the lower gut during movement or standing, for that matter. So this is something that I really stress everyone to do. Learn how to play with this lower abdominal area. Learn how to turn that musculature on. And it's not just sucking your belly to your spine like you do in yoga or Pilates. It's a completely type of muscular activation. These two exercises that I've... Um, that I've kind of walked you through in this podcast, try those. You will feel the musculature wall pop out. And it's the expansion of the lower abdomen that is really critical in understanding how to snug this area up during movement. So one of the things that was really interesting is when I was studying Kuksul, and my instructor said, he said, it feels like a hard golf ball when you do it right. It's like this like very firm golf ball comes through the abdomen and punches out. And that analogy, for whatever reason, really stuck with me. I'm pretty athletic. I'm not like a super athlete, like I've said before, but I'm, I'm pretty coordinated. My dad was very athletic, so I've got some natural aptitude in terms of movement. And when I would, I caught onto this idea very quickly, and what he would say to me was, he's like, now look, what, separ what separates Kuksul from other martial arts systems is that when you throw a strike, you throw a kick, you throw a punch, you throw a palm strike, you throw an elbow, whatever it is, the moment you make contact with your target, 
the lower abdominal area and that which you are striking with, whether it be a fist, whether it be a foot, an elbow, doesn't really matter. The lower abdominal area tightens as does the fist, as does the foot. So basically when you throw a strike, your gravi gravitational center is at the core and is behind the kick or punch or elbow strike that you're throwing. So really elegant concept and really amazing idea. One I had not heard of and in, and in practicing Koksul, your body is trained with every strike you're throwing. You, when you do the ki where they, they go, and they, you know, that the sound they make in Taekwondo, when they make that ki sound, that ki sound that was made, what's behind it is also lower abdominal activation and the tightening of the of the fist or the foot or the elbow or the headbutt or whatever you're doing. So what the way it was described to me was he said, look, if the rest of the body is relatively soft but still in good structure and the thing you're striking with and the lower abdomen are tight, what that does is it sort of takes your center and moves it through your body considerably more, which is why people that do Tai Chi or these um, you know good martial arts skills and basic training is that your center of gravity is behind your strike. So boxers will tell you this, um, you know, fighters will tell you this, MMA guys will tell you this. A good kick, a good punch should have your structure behind it. And so what the Chinese said were, yeah, we agree with that. And the epicenter, okay, the epicenter is below the abdomen. It's down low and you want to move from there. So you guys, the lower abdominal area is critical, okay? It's good for our emotions, our immune response. It's good for physical movement. And if you cultivate that lower area, the vital energy that we're going to feel is going to come. Potentially, right? The more refined aspects of our consciousness, meditation, prayer, dream work, you know, if you're into shamanism, whatever it is that you do, those things are going to become easier to understand and easier to feel because we are connected to this lower center first. So again, Jing is the biggest, you know, that material essence, the physical structure is the most important piece because without that, lights out, game's over. Next is the vital energy we have, right? Through breath, food, air, drinking, thinking, feeling. That's next. And then the consciousness, the part that is immaterial that we cannot measure but is felt through the face and through people's presence and through their tone of voice, those kinds of things. So, you guys, that's just the stress I want you guys to, like what I'm stressing here is like how important it is to focus on your lower abdominal area regardless of what you're doing. Anything physical, anything movement, you're going to want to focus on this area because the baseline of all our physiological functions in terms of movement, health, vitality are going to start here. And if we do that, the more refined aspects of the human experience become easier to feel. We become more sensitive and more in tune to these things if we just stick to the grounded reality. The last little bit about this is that if we think about these, these three centers, okay, the, the lower abdomen, the heart, and the head, metaphorically, okay, and this definitely has ties to Chinese medicine, but this is relevant, our gut instinct, okay? So moving from the gut facilitates what we would call instinctual response. So when we say these things, like I, you know, I, had, a, I had a bad gut feeling, I don't know how many of you have had this happen, but I have had it happen numerous times in my life where something has happened and my gut something in my gut has moved or I've had a sensation in my gut. It's happened when someone has almost changed lanes into me before. Um, a person that I knew was going to get into a fight when they walked into a restaurant once. I, I had a gut response, something in me, right? You can call it a sixth sense. You can call it spider sense. You can call it just instinctual awareness, whatever the hell you want to call it. But we feel things in our gut. So when we move from that center, it facilitates this in the context of Chinese medicine. The second center, heart-centered, right? When we say, 
you know, you know, I'm feeling oppressed. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling tired. We always touch our chest. We rarely touch our head and say like, I'm feeling very tired and tap our forehead. Or I'm feeling really happy and touch our belly. We put our hands on our chest and we say, I'm in love or I'm stoked or I'm happy or I'm upset. We touch our heart. And so in Chinese medicine, this emotional center is kind of centralized in the heart and diaphragm area. This is like our emotional processing center. Then up here, the head is where we think, right? That's the thinking activity that can be very neutral and mechanistic. And we need that to pay our bills and to, you know, get our cars in to be smogged and do all of that stuff. So we've got inst instincts down below, feeling in the middle, in the heart, and then thinking up top. And so the idea is, we want our allocation and our resources um, in this pyramid, we want it allocated that way. We want a lot of instinctual feeling and awareness in our physical body down below. Second to that is we want clean emotionality, but that is grounded in the body, which means that we're not just a completely erratic, you know, emotionally disruptive person. That's, that's very unpleasant to be around for, for those of us who have been around those people, people that are just emotionally erratic. It's because they're not physically grounded. So be physically grounded, be in your body, have clean emotions that are sitting on a nice foundation of physical groundedness and um, exercise and physicality. And then up top, right, the thinking mind. We don't want to think too much. Now, this doesn't mean, doesn't mean be stupid and don't critically think. That's not what I'm saying. What it means is we can't be on the hamster wheel all day. If we do this, men or women or whoever, it wipes us out big time. Like to, to sit in our mind and to overthink things, it's like, Jesus, make a decision. Good or bad, at least make a decision. Then you have something to work with. But if you just sit in your head and you, and you mull over what that person said to you or who said what or what their tone meant or, or you know, what am I going to do with my life if I don't get this together? I mean, it's exhausting. Totally exhausting. Does not work. So again, you guys, when we practice moving from the physical lower center, it gives us the grounding platform for these other aspects of the human experience to be grounded and stable. So move from your lower abdomen, take my Tai Chi class, <laughs> come in, visit me, um, you know, but play with these ideas and I uh, hope this finds you guys well. Thanks so much for your time. And if you guys have questions or comments, be sure to leave them down below and like and subscribe to my channel, please hit that bell notification. Um, yeah, trying to build up the YouTube channel. So any, uh, any help in that area is always appreciated. You guys comments and likes are much appreciated. Take care.